Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, warmer from Evo. Welcome to Bucky Las Vegas for Coast to Coast with myself, Craig Ips Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast coming up for you guys. We're going to have a nice conversation in a few minutes with Kevin Sweeney. He does great work over at Sports Illustrated, taking a look at this great game that we all know and love. And we're going to be diving in on the two-time transfer conversation that we have been having. I know that the NCAA put out a little bit of a statement about this. We'll get to that in a minute. And it is certainly something that is a big question mark when it comes to this upcoming college basketball season. We've been seeing in football, this stems very much from the Tez Walker situation that one of these guys that are two-time transfers are requiring a waiver to be able to get out there on the court field, insert whatever they play here. They have been not getting those waivers, so we're going to be diving in on that. What teams might be most affected? Could we see a little bit of reversal when it comes to college basketball? And then we're going to be diving in a little bit on the Big Ten, the outlook for Purdue, and some teams that Kevin thinks is under the radar for this upcoming season. As Kevin, he's hard at work over at Sports Illustrated, trying to put together his 1 through 362. We lost the team from last year. We gained LeMoyne, but Hartford is now a D3 school in St. Francis of New York. They cut literally every single one of their sports programs, so we're down to 362 teams for the upcoming season, so he's hard at work there, and here in segment number one, we did see a few moves with regards to the transfer portal over the last 48 hours, and we're going to recap those for you as well. As you guys heard on the podcast yesterday, I did my WAC Conference Preview Edition, and we're really mowing through these conference previews. We've got the WCC to come, and then we pretty much have the most powerful of the seven conferences remaining so we're down to eight conference previews which means the college basketball season it is a coming sooner rather than later and if you ever do have a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you do have one of two ways we offer those in first one is my twitter timeline at gnn underscore 81 keep in mind letters yeah they meet us on matter size per usual please do send these into the timeline other ways find an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated and then from there you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really have not gotten in too many questions recently, so please do fire those in as we want to get you guys set for the upcoming college basketball season. And over the last 48 hours, we did see a pair of guys decide to go down to the non-D1 level. This one, to me, was a little bit surprising. Miles Ruth. He was over at Monmouth last year. Monmouth had a pretty bad year, to say the least, but Ruth was a part-time starter. He had right around six points per contest. He chipped in there 2.2 assists, a steal per game. He showed a little bit of ability. He has decided that he is going to be going down 
to the 91 level. He is going to be playing over at West Florida, a relatively solid 91 program, but still has decided that he is going to be stepping down a love line. For Miles Ruth, I actually did like what I saw from him towards the back half of the season. In the final 11 or so games of the campaign, he was able to give the team more around 5.5 points per contest, so tailed off just a little bit. He really reached his peak towards the middle part of non-conference play, but all in all, I thought that he was doing a relatively solid job, so a little bit surprising to see him go down to the 91 level. This is not a surprise at all. The much-troubled Dior Johnson, who he was at Pittsburgh, he is no longer with the program. He's going to Clarendon College. That is one of the more notable junior colleges for college basketball that you are going to find. Dior Johnson, a former top 75 recruit, according to all, was expected to be a pretty solid point guard. He had committed to like 15 different schools before settling on Pittsburgh because he's had some off-the-court issues. Going to be looking to build up his stock, probably trying to keep his nose clean, and then try to resurface at the D1 level in a year or two. So not surprised to see that. And then the NCAA, apparently they were getting some threats over the Tez Walker situation, which is that extensive football. He's the gentleman from North Carolina that was trying to be able to play immediately, has not been able to get out there. And we've only seen about 15 or so percent of these two-time waivers get approved by the NCAA. Many of these have been struck down, and they pretty much said, please do not give us any threats. We're trying to uphold the sanctity of student athletics and everything like that. So not really too much of a surprise there. And we are going to be diving into this conversation and this topic a little bit more next with Kevin Sweeney. We're going to be taking a look at whether or not we are going to see a reversal with some of these two-time transfers, if they are going to be getting waivers or not, what teams are going to be most effective if they don't have these guys out there on the floor, and then talking a little Big Ten and under-the-radar teams with Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated. Next, right here on Coast Coast with myself, Dougie Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Always great to be joined by this man as Kevin Sweeney. He does an absolutely incredible job taking a look at this great game of college basketball. He is over there at Sports Illustrated slash SI doing a wide variety of things. I know that he does a great job handling a lot of their newsletters. I know that for those of you guys that love the NBA draft, he does a great job on that front as well. And obviously, he is dialed in college basketball, hard at work at his ratings of every single college basketball team. And you're able to follow him on the old X at CBB underscore Central. And Kevin... It's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining me. And Kevin, let's dive in on what has become a big topic over the last few weeks because you're getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. I'm certainly getting set for the upcoming college basketball season as well. And we have been seeing a lot of these guys not get the waivers that they were hoping for. If they're two-time waiver or two-time transfer guys, three-time transfer guys, you're able to go down the list and how do you think a lot of teams are coping with this? Because it felt like there was a little bit of a divide between some of these coaches that they were sort of expecting this. And then there were other coaches that sat there and said, you know what, it's the NCAA. They're just going to approve all of these. It felt like there was a little bit of a divide there. And it feels like a lot of these guys are going to be ineligible that transfer two plus times. We're still waiting on most of the rulings for college basketball. Um, it seems to me, from what I've gathered, that a lot of the pessimism is coming from data from football where a few pretty high profile guys, including Tez Walker, who's a wide receiver in North Carolina, him not being eligible despite having what seems like an extenuating circumstances type of case. That is, I think, caused a lot of pessimism and as well as some data. I think that John Rothstein put out that something like 18 percent of fall sports athletes have gotten their waiver approved. I think it's been a little bit more complicated than people anticipated i do think basketball was in a slightly better position in that like these guidelines were out schools did know that it was not going to be as easy as it has been as it had been in the past where you basically get a rubber stamp of approval from the previous school in the form of a runoff waiver or an npo as it's known formally i think everyone knew it would be a little bit more complicated but you know seeing things like the ncaa evaluating based on a player's mental health waiver request, whether that would be better for them to be playing or not. Like it's just getting far more into the weeds that I think people realized. And so the result is just not a whole lot of clarity and a lot of subjectivity. Those things are very difficult for coaches to grapple with. At this point, rosters are set. There's not a lot you can do to fix the problem. If you took a kid you're planning on having, and now it looks like you won't have them. It's not going to be easy to, to replace that hole here in September. Yeah, but it seems like it's going to be a very complicated situation for some of these teams. And are there a few teams that you do dive in on and you think, man, it's going to be a very different outlook for these teams if they do slash you not get their waivers approved? Because the obvious one that I think comes to mind for a lot of people is Ole Miss because of the way that Chris Beard operates. But are there a few other teams that 
they have a lot to gain slash lose with regards to the decisions that we're going to be seeing in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, Ole Miss is, is obviously central to it. They've got two potential starters in Brandon Murray and Musa Cisse. Florida State fits in another Georgetown transfer like Brandon Murray. Primo Spears, starting point guard potentially for this team. You know, I'm pretty down on FSU in the preseason, but he's an important piece. Certainly Wake Forest, Efton Reed, that's a huge one looming for them. If he's there, he's their starting center. The reports have been really positive about how he's performed in practice. I'm certainly watching that one. I know Raekwon Battle is looking for one at, at West Virginia. That one was weird in that he's been in school four years. I think a lot of people thought he had graduated, but I see a lot of he does still need a waiver talk. So still working through that one. But those are the ones that really jump out. I mean, there's there's a few kind of mid-major guys here and there. You know, Utah with Davion Smith is another one that we'll be tracking. But there's not a ton of star power here. It's not like top 25 teams are all looking around waiting for waivers. I think that it's really interesting to take a look at the way that some of these teams are going to be operating for the upcoming season as Kevin Sweeney does great work over at Sports Illustrated slash SI is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And how much do you think some of these teams that they really haven't dove into the transfer portal as much might be benefiting from all this? Because I've been a little bit critical over the last few years of many of these Big Ten teams like your Michigan States, your Purdue's, Wisconsin, what have you, for not really diving into the transfer portal, but both what we've seen this offseason, they have absolutely nothing to worry about. They know that their guys are going to be out there on the floor. Meanwhile, you've got quite a few of these teams, like I was mentioning Ole Miss and what have you, that they are very nervously awaiting some of these decisions with regards to whether or not their guys are going to be eligible or not. And I do think that that is going to be towards the beginning part of the season certainly giving these teams in the Big Ten, some of these conferences that they try to go the four-year route, a little bit of a leg up. I don't think it's a secret that one of the main reasons why the Big Ten's had so much success early in seasons, therefore boosted the number of NCAA tournament bids it's received, has been because they've had a little bit more continuity, a little bit more experience. You find that with good coaching, which I think throughout the league there's a lot of very good coaches, and you know, it's no surprise. It's easier to win games against you know, low and mid-major opponents in particular in, in the non-conference and avoid those bad losses when you have three and four starters back. And when you look around the league and you see a team like Maryland bring back three huge pieces in Jameer Young, Dante Scott, Julian Reese, obviously Michigan State, like you mentioned, Purdue, you know, teams like that that have just a little bit more continuity just makes things a lot easier early on when you go through some of those wars. It takes a while to learn how to win as a team. And so the fact that a lot of these teams have been through it already, I think, really gives them a leg up early in the season. And that translates to NCAA tournament bids. When the Big Ten dominates November and December, it can look very average in January and February, but it doesn't matter because the work's already been done. Yep, with the Big Ten, it's been a big reason why they have been able to get a lot of bids to the NCAA tournament. Maybe it does cause them to have a little bit of a lower ceiling when it comes to being able to peak in March, but it certainly provides a little bit of a higher floor as well, so... I do think that there is multiple ways of looking at it, but I do think that it is going to be helping them out for this upcoming season. I do think that it is going to be very interesting to take a look at the landscape of the Big Ten as well, because I know you're a man that is based out there in the Midwest. You're out there in the great state of Illinois, and I do feel like there might be a little bit more of a tiered system this year with regards to the Big Ten, because as we remember last year, it was Purdue at number one, and everything else was a big, giant, jumbled-up mess with Minnesota pretty much dead last with regards to that conference, this year I do feel like with Purdue, they certainly should be that top team, but Michigan State is right there. I do think that Illinois might be a solid number three, number four. Michigan is a team that I think is lurking out there in the weeds as well, but I feel like there might be 
a little bit more tiers. There might be a little bit more of a tiered system this year with regards to the Big Ten. I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree, but I think there might be a little bit more of a divide between these teams that should be NCAA tournament contenders and the teams that, well, are not. Yeah, I mean, I think the question really is, will anyone really challenge Purdue at the top? And last year just wasn't enough consistency outside of them. I'm not sure I think there will be again. If there's one team, it's Michigan State. I think Michigan State has a chance to to run up 15 or 16 league wins and be in that conference title mix. But I don't necessarily buy that an Illinois or a Maryland or a Wisconsin is going to get to much better than 13-7. and seven, right? I just think it's going to be hard because of the depth and the balance of the league. One of the things that's really shaped the Big Ten's offseason is I think we're starting to change a little bit in the style of play that we see. You think so much about Big Ten teams. You don't think of a lot of NBA talent. You think of experience, and you certainly think of you know traditional post-play. I think if you look around the league, you'd be surprised how few guys are like, we're going to throw the ball to this guy 10 times a game on the block. right? I think there's a lot more stylistic variety. When you talk about Indiana with Khalil Ware, who's a you know skilled five, you talk about you know Michigan with a more rim-run big and Terrace Reed. I think that's a good example of one. And I think outside of Zach Eaton, I'm not sure there's a big man in this league that you're really afraid of playing one-on-one in the low post with. And that's so different from where it was just a couple of years ago when you're talking about, you know, Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady and like you just go down the list. Because everyone, it felt like in that league, had a, had a true post player. I think it's a lot more varied at this point. That I think will shift things in March for this league as much as anything. Yep, I think so as well. And I think that that is a big intrigue with regards to the Big Ten. Will anyone be able to challenge Purdue? Because as we know, it's Purdue. Tremendous regular season. One of the worst losses that you're able to find in a postseason as Kevin Sweeney does great work over at Sports Illustrated. He's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And how do you take a look at a team like Purdue for the upcoming season? Because typically when you do fight a team with a big disappointment like Purdue had in March, they do get a little bit undervalued coming into the season, but not so much with Purdue because they do have those freshman guards from last year that are going to get that year one to year two bump, which I do think that there is something to that. I do think that is the biggest bump that you're going to find in all of college basketball. You bring back the reigning national player of the year. And I do have to put Matt Painter on a little bit of notice just because when you lose to a 15 and a 16 seed in back-to-back years, I don't care if your name is Matt Painter. I don't care if your name is Schlubby McSchlub. I don't care if you're John Wooden. You deserve to get put on notice for that. That's pretty unacceptable. But when it comes to this Purdue team, I think that it is going to be really interesting to take a look at them because they've had all the success of the world in the regular season last year. I see postseasons have been a nightmare, though. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think they're running from that. Talked to Matt Painter here in the last couple of weeks, and you know, I think he realizes some of the stuff that they need to change. They're not going to completely reshape who they are. They're not going to overreact because this is a team that was truly, truly – outstanding last year in the regular season, a team that had a chance to go to a Final Four, win a national title. And think about the context here, Greg. Like, how many teams have ever gotten a number one seed in the NCAA tournament and brought back all five starters the next year? Particularly in this day and age, it's nearly unheard of. Purdue has that. That's a huge, huge edge, particularly early in the season. Now, how do they get over the hump? I think it starts with with Braden Smith being consistent, not just as a passer, but as a scorer. That's something that Matt Payne is going to really lean on him to do is be more assertive offensively. A lot of it's also on Miles Colvin, who is the freshman wing, who gives them the athleticism and the talent level that I think this team lacked in the backcourt. He is very dynamic as a playmaker. Yes, he's just 18, but 
the key to his limitless upside. And I think the third thing to watch is Trakoff and Ren. I think it's very obvious when you talk to people around this program that they need to find ways to get this guy on the floor. He's just too good to sit behind Zach Eady and play 10 minutes a game. And he was awesome in their trip overseas to Europe with Eady away from the team, playing for the Canadian national team. I think there's a good chance he winds up as the starting power forward. I think Trakoff and Ren has a chance to be really good. I mean, I asked Braden Smith about him, and Braden Smith told me, that if Zach Eady wasn't at Purdue, Trey Coffin Ren would be a first team All Big Ten type of guy. That's how good people at Purdue think Trey Coffman can be. And be interesting to see how Matt Painter can use him in 23-24. I do think that he is a very interesting piece. Purdue is bringing in some nice freshmen. And as you mentioned, all that experience coming back from last year makes them one of the best teams in all of college basketball moving forward. And no doubt about it, Purdue is going to be one of those teams that we're going to be talking about all offseason long if they can contend for a Final Four slash a national title. And there's going to be a lot of intrigue this season because we do have a lot of movement with regards to the transfer portal, what have you. And I know you're very hard at work taking a look at your rankings for all these teams for the upcoming season. And I do want to give you a little bit of the floor here as to a few teams that you feel like are a little bit undervalued coming into the season. As you're doing your research, the more you look at them, the more you like them. It doesn't have to be a Final Four contender. It could be a team that... Maybe a lot of people are thinking they're going to be on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament. You think they might be in like an eight, nine game, something like that. It could be a team that perhaps could be able to ascend, make that big run in March. But we're just a few teams in general that you feel like you're higher on than most coming into the college basketball season. I mean, I think the more I look at Georgia Tech, the more I'm intrigued. I think Damon Stoudemire is a coach that has a chance to do some really good things in Atlanta. I think his pedigree and the job he did at Pacific you know, pretends itself well to him having a good year one. And they've got pieces, right? They have Miles Kelly back, leading score, 14-plus points per game. Adamari Abram from Ole Miss was a really good recruit, had a productive freshman year, would be on every breakout list if he had stayed at Ole Miss. Boise Reeves in from Florida, you know, huge recruit out of high school. Yes, you know, he has had his inconsistencies. I wasn't the biggest fan of his, his with the Gators, but great by low and some big-time kind of swings for the fences off the bench with guys like – Tafara Gapare and Bay and Dongo, guys with huge athletic potential in the front court. And, you know, I just think you look at that group and you say, okay, like they've got the guards to hang and they've got athletes up front and they've got a coach that has proven he can do it. That's a group I think that could surprise some people and play its way into the NCAA tournament picture in year one. I think that that's a good poll as well, just because with the ACC, it always does feel like there's one or two teams are like that. We saw that with Pittsburgh last year and Pittsburgh, I think, is a fascinating team as they're dealing with a few injuries that are going to be hurting them. I believe it's Papa Conte who's going to be out for the season. He was originally supposed to go to Michigan, so that's a little bit hurtful for them. But in the ACC, very clear divide between the haves and the have-nots if they can play themselves to be like the number four, number five team within the conference. That could be enough to be able to get them into the NCAA tournament hubbub and conversation. And a man that is doing a great job getting set for the upcoming college basketball season is you, Kevin. Obviously, there's lots to take a look at with regards to these guys, whether or not they're going to be eligible. I know you're doing your deep dive on so many power conference teams, but on top of that, you do a great job of serving the mid-major landscape as every single year over there at Sports Illustrated, you rank every single team in college basketball. It is quite an undertaking, and I salute you for it. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. That's the big one we're working on right now, Greg. Can I get the one the 362 rankings finalized? And once I do that, I can write out all these conference previews and some of the other preview content that you guys expect. Also, 
check out our basketball preview magazine in about a month. That'll have a lot of good stuff to get you ready for the hoop season, including a feature about the Purdue Boilermakers we mentioned earlier. So appreciate you guys all, uh, all tuning in. Greg, thanks for having me as always. I did not know that you were doing a feature on Purdue. So, hey, I mean, we were just, I guess, in sync on this one. And that's just what you get with Kevin Sweeney, a man that knows the game of college basketball, a guy that absolutely all 12 months of the year is grinding his butt off to take a look at this sport that we all know and love. And every single time he joins this podcast, one tremendous insight. So big thanks, Kevin, for joining me right here on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this five podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is by X-Timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. If my count is correct, we've already done 24 conference previews on this podcast. WCC is going to be up next. We should be doing that within the next seven days. And then we get into the Power Six and the American. And then we're going to be set for the upcoming season where I'm going to get you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So you're getting closer and closer to college basketball. And you're in the meantime because Transfer Portal is pretty much kaput. Just taking a look at these teams, trying to be able to find angles with squads, trying to find out if these two-time waivers are going to be actually approved or not as well. That's part of what I'm doing right now. And hard at work doing some write-ups for VSIN as well. So we're doing everything possible to make this the most profitable year humanly possible in college basketball. I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast trying to do so. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today. And I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.